0: So this is officially the one-year anniversary of the show, and it absolutely blows my mind that I've been doing this daily show, speaking about NFTs every day for an entire year, and I just want to thank you for coming along the journey with me, and today I'm going to share all the things that I wish I knew when I first started, things that I wish I've done a little bit differently, and things that I'm grateful for most importantly Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real world value. So doing a daily show with this NFT space, I just knew that something as fast paced as moving as Web3, this is not something I could do possibly weekly or monthly. This was something that I was constantly spending my time in and I knew there was an endless amount of stories and I just knew if I kept it a fairly short form show... And I focused in on the things that I found most interesting and put it out there because initially when I came into the space, I was looking for a podcast just like this podcast is my favorite medium as far as consuming media and getting news and all of those things, simply because I'm a very busy person. I work 12 hours a day at my day job and podcasting allows me to get my information and all the things that I'm interested in while I'm multitasking and doing other things. And my wife is over here listening to me right now. She's probably thinking, well, you don't even multitask, but you know what I mean. As far as when I'm doing things at work, listening to my podcast, that's what keeps my sanity, gets me through the day. But when I initially launched this show, I was desperately searching for other podcasts and there just wasn't enough NFT podcasts. So I literally started the show that I wanted. However, I wish I started earlier. First and foremost, I've been having so much fun with this show, just reaching out to so many people, getting in contact with people. And I've learned so much delivering this content to you. And it just blows my mind all the times I get emails and DMs and such and people saying that they've learned so much from the show. But honestly, I think I've learned more than anyone. And as far as being able to research this stuff, the people that I've come into contact with every single time I'm in the Twitter space or even the shows that I'm having a guest, I learn so much from those guests that it just blows my mind. Or when someone asks me a question thinking that I have the answer, I say, you know what, I'm not exactly sure, but I'll do some research and I'll get back to you. And a lot of the times I end up learning so much from that then I'm forever grateful. So I wish I started earlier, not just because I would have been learning more, I would have had more funds and would have had a lot more contacts. But also, uh, when I initially started this show, I thought I was starting the first daily podcast. So if you listen to a few episodes ago, when I spoke about all the different mints from the NFT 365 project, well, that was the official first daily NFT podcast launched. And as I explained in that, I discovered that show simply because I was searching for my show to see how it came up in the rankings, and what have you ended up finding that show started four days before me. And, you know, that is in the history books and so forth. I did a lot of speaking about that. But as far as that, I wish I started earlier because I was playing with the idea for probably about a month, maybe a couple weeks before that. However, you know, all of the planning and trying to get everything perfect. And of course, a self-doubt. Can I really do a daily show? All of those different things set in and it just delayed it. But one day I said, you know what? Forget this. Nothing's ever going to be perfect. I'm never going to have the time. And I just started recording. And at the time I had no intro. I had no format. I didn't know what I was going to do. And if you listen to the show, the initial episodes, it was sort of like a child in a toy store, extremely excited. I was talking very fast, which I still am. I'm working on that right now. And it was just really just, no real direction whatsoever and yes, I had a message. I knew what I was trying to say, but I was much more hardcore. I was saying things just as if I was speaking to some NFT expert or something that was just as enthusiastic about the things that I am. And I was like, you know what? No, I have to tone it down. I have to make this a little bit more conversational. And this is not just a show for me. This is a show for the general audience. And I would like to bring in as many people as I can in this space. And so that is one thing that I wish I did differently. And as far as the format, just absolutely going out there and winging it, I had no structure, no anything really. But that was one of the things as i said i just started recording because i never really had a full plan i knocked up my cover art did that graphics in i don't know maybe half an hour or so i threw that up there and that has been the cover i did one little tweak after that however for the most part i mean that was nothing that i was planning out for weeks or anything i just knew okay the show that i want to call it was nifty business because nfts nifty and i was coming from the business side i'm a marketing guy a marketing nerd and that was the aspect i wanted to come from this not just djens just throwing things out there. This is the next mint to make your money with. I wanted to approach this as this is how businesses are being built in this space. This is how businesses are coming into it and using this space. And this is how projects are marketing their NFTs and so forth. That was the angle that I was coming from because I found that to be very interesting. And I was hoping that other people would be able to see past the speculation and seeing how this space actually is legitimate. Businesses and and brands are going to be built in this space. And going forward, that is what I was trying to convey. But also, when I initially started for the first 100, and I believe it was 160 episodes, it was completely solo. I said I didn't want any guests. And the main reason for that is because my schedule. I worked 12 hours a day and coordinating with guests and doing all those things was just absolutely ridiculous to me. And it allowed me to record however I wanted, whenever I wanted, in the middle of the night, early in the morning, around my schedule, on my lunch breaks, and all those different things. And to coordinate with guests would have just been too much. However, some of the best episodes that I had, some of the most fun episodes that I've made was with the guest. And the first guest that I opened up the doors to, or opened up the mic to, if you will, was Anthony from the Bulls and Apes Project, someone from his team reached out to me. And at first I was saying, no, at that time, literally I was getting, I don't know, probably daily emails of people trying to come on the show and say, yes, you know, we'd be a valuable guest to your show. And most of them, I just ignored because they were saying that I would be an additional guest, which is like, I don't have any guests. So obviously they've never listened to the show. So why would I even respond to that? However, with the Bulls and Apes Project, Anthony's team, they reached out to me and said, you know, this is what we're working on and so forth. And the thing that was sticking out in my head was this money back guarantee. And long story short, I was dreaming about this thing one night. And I said, you know what, this is just stuck in my head. I have to find out more. So I reached out to their team, their publicist, and I was starting to ask some questions and said, you know, Anthony is available. He would be more than happy to come on the show to answer your questions. So I said, you know what? I think I will take him up on the offer. I've never done an interview before, but I would love to have him. And by far, that was the one that I was really opened up the doors and I've gotten so many thanks and saying, you know, that was such a great episode. That is the reason why I ended up minting this and so forth. So, And that was such a great project. So after that, I started taking some interviews from some projects and some people that I respected in the space that were doing some amazing things. And again, not just projects launching that you could degen into, but how they were doing certain things that were very interesting, such as when I interviewed the CEO from the Genomes DAO. I have never listened to a podcast that I can think of where they were speaking about geneticists and NFTs together. And that was one that was really fun to do. In case you haven't heard it, that was episode number 331. Very interesting conversation there. So yeah, I wish I was taking guests from day one, but again, I guess it was a good thing that I figured out how to navigate the mic and how to do certain things way before I had any guests because initially when I first started out, as I said, I was speaking way too fast, which I still am, I'm working on it. Take a slow breath, here we go, and slow it down a little bit. But I listen to podcasts fast and it seems like when I'm speaking on a podcast, I tend to just get excited and start speaking fast too as well. However, as I said, my cadence learning how to navigate the mic, just my confidence and being able to hold an interview for a podcast, I don't think I would have been able to do that on day one. The other thing that I think I would have done a little bit differently is I don't think my personality really came through as much when I first started. I was trying to do a little bit too much more buttoned up, a little bit too methodic, a little too, I don't know what the word is, uh, corporate or something. I don't know, like too much of a reporter and not necessarily just me speaking, having a good time. And that might sound like it's contradicting itself because I was saying I was talking way too fast, like a kid in the candy factory, but what I or a kid in the toy store. But what I mean is I think I was just too technical and just too nerdy and too. But, you know, at heart, I really am a nerd anyways, and I'm very technical. But as far as speaking with this stuff to hold an audience and be conversational, I don't think I was doing a very good job of that in the first few episodes. So hopefully I'm doing a much better job of that. So that way, if someone is coming in, this is maybe their first week in NFT space, they could still listen to this, or if someone has been in this space for a few years, well, then they can come in and say, well, you know what, I can still get value from this show. In addition to that, I would say another thing that I wish I had done a little bit earlier, but again, I was still just feeling things out, not exactly sure how it was going to go. I was literally making this up as I went along. I just knew that as I went, I would find my voice, find my rhythm, and figure out what to do, and that actually came from two different sources. Number one, Russell Brunson, who is a marketer that I just really admire and look up to, and long story short, one of his things that he stands by is picking a medium, no matter what it is, whether it is YouTube, it is Twitter. A podcast, a blog, whatever it is, and do it every single day for an entire year. And eventually, you're going to figure out a business model out of it. So, when I came into this, I was not even thinking about how to monetize it, how to really build a business out of it. I just knew I wanted to get the reps in because I knew within a year or so, I would have been a good podcaster. And with it, I would be able to build an audience and figure out what I was doing and figure out a way to monetize it. But because of that, of course, I still am on the side of not wanting to run ads. And people might be wondering, well, why? That is the number one reason as to how a podcast is monetized. And I don't don't want to do ads simply because, uh, first and foremost, a lot of the companies that are willing to do ads on an NFT podcast would be something like an FTX, right? And as we saw how that turned out, I mean, how horrible would I feel if I'm advertising FTX on my show and then it absolutely blows up and implodes like it did? Or Celsius or Luna or Voyager or so many of those that just absolutely imploded three arrows. And so, you know, like, so... Those companies that are willing to do sponsorships and deals and so forth, yeah, they're willing to pay because there's a lot of money to be made on the back end for this. However, I don't necessarily want to be associated with them. And if anything blows up, I don't want to say, hey, you know, this was a sponsor of the show. So because of that, I figured whatever it is that I'm trying to do and build. And if I use my NFTs like I'm planning to do to actually create some content and monetize the ip well speaking about that stuff on the back end would be how i would monetize the show rather than taking sponsorships and there's so many times I get emails about running ads and all sorts of things and I just say no that is not a part of my model and I'm glad I didn't do that but at the same time too I wish I spent a lot more time in trying to figure out how to monetize before this point and trying to figure out exactly how I'm going to plug everything in but I truly believe just creating every single day building those relationships being in this space it will figure itself out because I'm actively searching, I'm actively looking at different things and even partnerships and how I joined the team of the Hoodlum Society and things like that, you know, meeting with Jay. And that was in the Twitter space that ended up being an interview. And now I'm on the team, things like that. So those things have fallen into place. And I speak about the Hoodlum Society. I speak about the project and Jay's work and so forth. And indirectly down the line, as we're getting ready to do the launch, okay, that sort of is a way of monetization indirectly. And I know that is something I can control. That is something I know I'm not going to disappear from the space simply because I'm showing up, I'm here. And at the end of the day, I'm putting my name, my reputation on it. So God forbid something happens to the project and the team falls apart or whatever, you know, something happens to the artist. I don't even say the name because I don't want to bring negativity into the space. But if anything like that ever happens, at least I know, well, I'm here. I can still show up and give value to those people that I might have recommended to come into this project with me because at the end of the day, I truly believe that whoever I bring into it or whoever is in that project it is my job to give value to them regardless of the fact so I have no problem putting my name and my stamp and things on that and just like with anything coming from the marketing world if I was selling a course if I was selling any kind of thing I used to hold workshops and different things teaching people online skills and what have you and if that was the case I would gladly refund people any email I got I had like a no hesitation policy with someone saying you know what I'm not happy with this and it actually only happened one time but gladly Just refund you, like no questions asked. I'm not going to argue with you or anything. Send you the refund. So things like that is much more important to me to have a good relationship, good reputation in the space than it is to make the money. And I truly believe that putting in the reps, you're going to get good at it. The money is going to follow. That has been my motto for I don't know for however long. And the number two source of inspiration for me was John Lee Dumas. He is the host of Entrepreneurs on Fire. He also wrote a book called A Common Path to Uncommon Success. That was the second place where I got the inspiration for the show, and he did his daily podcast, and that was all about interviewing entrepreneurs in the space, and that was how he built his entire business. He's been doing that now for well over 3,000 episodes and built an empire based on the podcast. So that book really outlines how he did it, how he got a system, how he built the business around it and so forth. So between him and Russell Brunson, honestly, I can give them credit indirectly for helping me start this podcast. Not to mention, John Lee Dumas does do a lot of teaching as to how to start podcasts. He has a course, he has a entire community and a workshop. And so those are two sources or two people for giving me the courage to even think about launching this podcast. So the number one thing that I wish I did differently, though, is the naming of the show, actually. As I said, I called it Nifty Business because, number one, NFTs, if you actually say it as a word, sounds like nifty. But I actually got the inspiration from the first podcast that I know of that was doing NFTs, and that was called The Nifty Show. And that was Joel Kamm and Travis Wright. And now it is sometimes co-hosted by Riles, who I had on episode number 283. And that was really cool. That was like a fan out moment where I got to interview someone that I've been admiring and listening to in this space, actually watching too because they have a YouTube channel, and having him come on the show that was just surreal for me. So that was really cool to see. But as far as the naming of the show, it was sort of a nod to that show, The Nifty Show. However, what I realized, remember when I opened up by saying that initially I found NFT365 because I was searching for my show, and that's when I came to find out that Brian Fanzo pressed the button first and launched four days before I did with a daily NFT podcast. The reason why is because my show was not showing up in search results. And about a month into the show, I decided to change the name to NFT Business Show. Now, here's the thing. About four hours after I did that, I was like, you know what? I really don't feel good about that. I want to build a brand around nifty business. I had the idea in my head that I would have my nifty shirt and I'd call myself the nifty guy and all those different things. And I was like, you know, from a branding perspective, I'm looking at as a marketing guy, right? Right that Nifty Business is a much better brand than it would be than the NFT Business Show, simply because I could then branch off. I could have nifty workshops. I could have nifty, all sorts of things, right? Everything could be nifty and it could all be branded with that logo and everything. So that's how I was looking at it. But then of course, in doing so, I sacrificed the SEO, which is the search engine optimization, or as far as when people are browsing through their apps or whatever it might be, that they're not finding the show as the NFT show. And about a month ago, I decided to flip the switch and I went to the NFT business show because just like most content creators in this space, we were realizing that during this bear market consumption and searches for all of this stuff was going down dramatically. So I was like, you know what? I'm nearing up on the whole year thing and I'm not really hitting my goals. I shouldn't even say that. I actually surpassed the the numbers that I projected that it probably would have had. However, based on how... Other people that I was speaking with and hearing how their shows or their contents were doing in the peak of everything, and I was like, "Well, I wasn't hitting those numbers at that time, and it's dramatically down." And I just kind of put two and two together, and I said, "You know what? It's probably because the search engine." So I decided to search, and even at that time, I still wasn't showing up very well. So I said, "Okay, this is a problem." I don't know why I didn't check that beforehand because basically, once I settled on going with the brand rather than the search engine stuff, I never went back and revisited it. So Then I changed it and instantly, I won't say instantly, within a few days, I started to see that the numbers started to go up. So I could kick myself (laughs) if I had done that from day one. And as I did, instead of changing it back to nifty business, I would be way ahead of where I was now. Looking at the statistics right before I recorded this, the numbers have spiked so dramatically within the last few days that it's just blowing my mind. And I'm saying like, wow, everything is going wrong right now. We're in a terrible bear market, FTX, all the stuff is blowing up people are running from the space yet the numbers are going up so just imagine how it would have been in the bull market because remember i launched in november peak nft space was january so that would have been three months of people finding the show and it would have just really been a game changer. However, like I said, I was such a bad podcaster at the beginning that maybe they would have just listened and ran away, but who knows? I could should have, could have, would have, but not going to beat myself up on that. But going forward, it's going to be a lot more search friendly so new people can discover the show. But as I was looking through, just really browsing through, trying to find my favorite episodes and what have you, I realized something. That One of the days was actually missing, and I remember specifically it's because I got sick that day and I did not do a follow-up episode. So what I'm going to actually do is put it out there that if you can find that missing episode, whichever number is missing, that I'm going to give you a prize. I don't know exactly what that prize is. If it's an NFT, maybe it's merch or something. I don't know. I haven't even made up merch as yet. Maybe you'll be the first person to get merch. So we can talk about it if you do decide to figure out what it is. Feel free to reach out to me at Tropic Vibes on Twitter or using the contact information that is in the show notes. But as usual, you know, I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this. We're spending a lot of time together. I'm here podcasting, speaking about this stuff every single day. And if you are someone who is tuning in every day, wow, that's ridiculous. But I want to thank you for that because without you, the listener, I mean, where would the show be? I would be speaking to myself which I think I do too much anyways. But knowing that I'm having a conversation with someone else and getting all the feedback and the thank yous and from so many people, I am grateful for that opportunity. And I've met so many cool people in this space that I don't think I would have if it weren't for this show. So going forward, I will still be here doing this every single day. And I want to thank you. From the bottom of my heart, and if you have any suggestions or anything like that, please feel free to reach out to me. But let's continue learning and building Web3 together. So until next time, later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.